Amen. Thank you for joining me again for Rev Kev and The Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Amen. The title of this podcast is Rev Kev and The Root, and this episode is entitled Out of the Blue. It is entitled Out of the Blue. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit leading and guiding me. I thank you for being a part of the covenant that you have made with your people. And Lord, I thank you for knowing the truth because Yeshua, you said we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. And I thank you that there is something liberating about knowing truth. And Lord, I just thank you for each and everything that you do in my life. And I thank you for each and every blessing that you bring into my life. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak through me. And Lord, that you just give me the words that you want me to say. And I thank you for being who you are. And Lord, I just ask that you would have full reign over this ministry, over this podcast. Lord and Father, I just pray that you would be with those, Lord, who are going through COVID-19. I pray that you be with those who are going through anything in their lives, Lord, and that they would know the significance of the situation that they're in and be able to understand where they are as far as circumstantially, where they are and why they're there and why the things are happening in their lives the way it is. And Father, I pray that you would help us not to just look at life as a series of circumstances, but to know, Lord, that there is a root cause, a root reason for things that happen. And Lord, also to know, Lord, that you're uh, God and that you are in control of everything that happens in our lives. There's nothing that Satan can do to us that you don't allow. And there's nothing, Lord, that he plots against us that can shake us when we're made out of the right stuff. And Father, I thank you, Lord. And I just ask that you would continue, Lord, to just speak and to um, use this ministry and this podcast to help someone. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. As I said, this uh, podcast episode is entitled Out of the Blue. You, I'm sure all of us have heard that idiom that have been spoken before by different people when someone says it just happened out of the blue. But good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. Let us read our foundational scripture um, for this podcast episode. And we had been reading from uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with verse 11. But uh, we also want to read another passage of scripture, but we're going to read that one first out of a different version other than the King James, even though I like the way the King James uh, puts that particular series of verses. It says in uh, Hebrews chapter five, verse 11, it says, we have much to say about this subject. And he was talking about Melchizedek, the high priest. He says, but it is hard to explain because you have become sluggish in understanding. The King James says you have become dull in your hearing. But in this version, it says you have become sluggish in your understanding. He says, for although by this time you ought to be teachers, there is a maturity level with being a teacher uh, of the word of God. A novice, as Timothy says, is not 
supposed to teach the word, but someone who is seasoned, someone who is a veteran, as if you will, in, in Yeshua should teach the word. He says, by now you ought to be teachers or by this time you ought to be teachers. Uh, he says, you need someone to teach you the very first principles of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. He says, anyone who has to drink milk is still a baby. He says, without experience in applying the word about righteousness. He says, but solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties, King James says, whose senses, but in this version it says, whose faculties have been trained by continuous exercise to distinguish good from evil. Amen. To, distingu to distinguish good from evil. Now, let me uh, share another passage of scripture with us. Um, and it is found in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, in verse number 11. The book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 9, verse number 11, which Ecclesiastes was written by King Shlomo through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He wrote it down, but God gave him what to, what to write. Amen. And so in Ecclesiastes 9 11, it says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of skill. He says, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Time and chance happeneth to them all. So he says, I saw, I returned and I saw under the sun. So he's talking about earthly uh, situations, earthly happenings, things that happen on the face of the earth. He says, I returned and I saw under the sun, things that happen upon the earth, circumstances that happen upon the earth. That's the things that he's talking about. He's talking about circumstances that happen upon the earth. And then he's talking about uh, a, a group of people, different groups of people, not the same group, but different groups of people and their abilities. And he says the race is not to the swift. So he's talking about swift people. They're not necessarily the ones that win the race or what have you. Then he says, nor the battle to the strong. He says, neither yet bread to the wise. He says, nor yet riches to men of skill. So he's talking about swift men he's, or women. He's talking about those who are wise. Then he's talking about those who have skills, different uh, various skills. Then he's talking about those uh, uh, who, are, who are rich or, or wise. And he says, but time and chance happeneth to them all. And time there in the Hebrew is the word eth, and it means interval, it means season, and it means circumstances. Uh, intervals, you know about intervals, how things happen in, a, in cycles, in intervals. And then he says that, uh, but the, the, the uh, word time also in the Hebrew is, is the word eth, but it means also 
season. So it not only means interval, but it means season. He says time happens to them all. Intervals or seasons happen to the swift, happen to the strong, happen to those who uh, have riches and, and circumstances, it also means. And, he, and he's saying that circumstances, they happen, circumstances happen to the wise. Circumstances happen to the swift. Circumstances happen to men or women of skill. You see, every one of these people, everyone upon the face of the earth, it doesn't matter what class you are, as far as whether you're middle class, upper class, lower class, as they call it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a whole bunch of money or if you have a modest amount of money or if you have a little money. He says time and chance happens to them all. A season, an interval, or circumstances happens to everyone. And he says time and chance, but not just time, but chance also. Chance is uh, the Hebrew word mega, uh, which is a masculine noun, which means an occurrence or a misfortune. And misfortune is not talking about some, uh, uh, you know, like uh, a crystal ball or what your fortune is when someone tries to tell you your future through tarot cards or palm reading or whatever. And if I were you, I would stay away from all of that because that's witchcraft. But he's not talking about that kind of chance. He's talking about in the, in the Hebrew, it means occurrence. Chance only means occurrence. There is an occurrence that will occur, you see. And uh, uh, it's from the, the word pega, which means to meet or it means an encounter or it means to reach. There are circumstances that you and I will reach. There are encounters in life that you and I will have with whatever it is. And there, uh, uh, there is a time in life when we will meet different circumstances, you see. But the thing is, it's not the circumstances, but it's how we handle the circumstances. And are we able to examine the circumstances and find out the motivation? You say, well, what circumstances? Just like on your job. Some of you may have found coworkers that are coming against you and you can say and believe and know in your heart that you have not done anything that merits them attacking you or them talking about you or them coming against you in any fashion, form, or way. You can honestly, in your conscience, say that you have not done them not one thing, you see. But yet you find that these people, unexpectedly, you're going about your day, you're going about your business, you're doing your job, and all of a sudden there's some chitter-chatter and they're talking about you or they're coming against you or they're giving evil reports about you to the to the manager or to the supervisor or to the owner or whatever you know and where is all of this coming from seemingly it's just coming out of the blue but you know um there's nothing that comes out of the blue you see and you know we have to be discerning enough to be able to not just look at a circumstance but to look into a circumstance, you see. Let me give you a for instance, and if you've listened at this podcast any amount of time, you've heard me say this before. When Jesus was going to the cross and Peter said, Lord, no, not so. You will not go to the cross and be crucified. And Jesus turned around and said, 
Satan get behind me. Jesus didn't just look at the circumstance, but he looked into the circumstance to see what was the motivational factor that was going on at that particular time with one of his uh, apostles, disciples then, but apostle later, uh, Peter or uh, Shimon Kepha, who was uh, telling him out of his own mouth that he would not go to the cross and die. No, this is not going to happen to you. And Jesus realized that it was someone else or something else. But in this case, it was someone else that was motivating Peter to say what he said. He saw what it was and he called it out and he said, get behind me, Satan, because you do not savor the things of God, but you savor the things of man, you see. And so are we able to do that? Don't just, you know, sometimes we get angry with people because they're coming against us, but it's not that person necessarily that's coming against us, but it's the one that is motivating them to come against us, which is Hasatan, Satan, you see. And sometimes it's just their, their own evil intent. But let me share uh, also another passage of scripture is found in uh, Matthew chapter five. And it's a familiar passage of scripture. I guess all of us have really read it in Matthew chapter five, the gospel of Matthew. Amen. The gospel of Matthew chapter number five. Let's see if I can get over there right quick. Matthew chapter five. Amen. And uh, it goes along with what we're talking about, the, the foundational scriptures that we read, not necessarily the ones out of Hebrew, uh, which I kind of read that one as a recap, but the real foundational scripture was the one we read in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter number nine. And uh, in Matthew chapter number five, we're going to look at verse number 54. Matthew chapter number five and verse number 54. Amen. Matthew five, verse number 54. Let me see. Oh. Matthew five. Hmm. Let me make sure I'm in the right place because uh, this always happens to me for some reason. Matthew 5. Amen. Then I don't, I'm not reading out of the Bible that I usually read out of. So forgive me if I wrote this down wrong, but um, let me see if I can find the scripture I'm looking for. Okay, I think I did write it down wrong and I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but however, anyway, Jesus was talking about, but it is in my heart. So Jesus was talking about, uh, the wise builder and the foolish builder and the foolish builder built upon the sand and the wise builder built upon the rock. Amen. I'm sure you remember that parable. Well, he said that, you know, the rains came, the floods descended and beat upon that house. The one that was built upon the sand, it said, Jesus said the house fell uh, and great was the fall of it. And then there was a man who built his house upon a rock. And Jesus said the, the rains came, the floods came and descended upon that house. Uh, and the winds blew and that house did not fall because it was built upon a rock. And so the, the point is, is that the same rains, floods, winds, and everything that happened to the one man's house 
also happened to the other man's house. But the outcome was based upon uh, uh, the term determination of the outcome was based upon how they built their houses, not the circumstances that they went through, but how they built that house. Was that house built on something that would withstand the circumstances and, and the rains and the floods and all of that? You see, so it wasn't the, the rains and the floods, but it was how the structure was built. Did it have the right kind of foundation? You see, and let me tell you, none of us is exempt from anything that anybody else goes through, whether you call yourself saved or not, a believer or not. We all are subject to circumstances that happen in life. And there's things that we would like to get around, but there's no way to get around it, you see. But, the, but we have to be built and prepared to be able to weather the storm. It's not the storm, it's whether or not we are able to, to weather it, to bear up under it. Amen. That's the difference. All right. And so... You know, like I said, uh, I'm sure you've heard this saying before, out of the blue. Amen. And out of the blue is one of those uh, the idioms. But the dictionary says that out of the blue is evolved uh, or an is, excuse me, out of the blue is an evolved form of an old idiom. Uh, a boat out of the blue or a boat from the blue. Uh, it is an idiom, of course, is a figure of speech. And some people have uh, said this before. Maybe you've heard it. They said, well, you know, there really was no rhyme or reason. In other words, there were no particular logic to what happened and how the uh, circumstance or situation played out. There was no particular logic behind it. There was no particular logic or sense. Uh, to a given situation. And then also, I'm sure you've heard the saying that it's just, uh, that's just the way it is or it is what it is and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you've heard all of those types of things being said before. It is what it is. That's just the way it is, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Amen. But the Bible tells us in the book of Job, which is where I want to go, it tells us in the book of Job that there was a man. Amen. There was a man. And so this account is talking about a particular individual and his name in English is Job. But if you look at the Hebrew, his name is Eob, Eov, which is, it, uh, if you have the letter Bet, which is the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and you don't have a Nikud in the middle of it, then it becomes a Vet, which is pronounced with a V. But if you have the Nikud in the middle of the, of the letter Bet, it is pronounced with a B, as with Abba, you see. If it didn't have that Niku, there would be Ava. Amen. And so that's just a little Hebrew lesson. But however, it says there was a man. And so the Bible said there was. So it's talking about a past 
uh, situation. It's talking about a real situation that happened to someone named Yov or a uh, Yov or Job in the past. You see, and so the Bible is full of, uh, um, how can I say it? Object lessons, or it's it's full of um, of patterns and types and all that kind of thing for us to learn from. Amen. And so we can look at this man's situation and learn some things from it. But not only that, but we should be able to outline our own experiences in life and look back at our experiences. Don't just let the experience pass us by. OK, we worked that out. We got through that. OK, let's forget about it. You see, but we should be able to look at our own circumstances and situations that we've been through or are going through and learn some things from it. You see, because then if we don't learn from our experiences, then there is the potential that we will have to experience it again because we didn't learn anything from it. You see, all we're doing when we look, well, not all we're doing, but part of what we're doing when we're looking at in the Bible is that we're looking at the lives of other people and learning what we can learn from their lives. You see said there was a man was a man so he was flesh and blood let us not be mistaken in the thinking that these people in the bible you see uh that they were some superhuman and you've heard me say that before that there were some superhuman people or anything like that they were just as human as you and i then they felt pain they felt sorrow they felt grief you see, they had struggles. They had things they had to go through in their lives. And sometimes they wanted to give up, just like sometimes we want to give up, you see. And sometimes they had joyous times and happy times, just like we have joyous times and happy times and all of that. And they had many circumstances that happened to them, uh, you know, and, and just because they had a relationship with God did not mean that they were not going to go through anything in life. And that's another thing, because you and I have a relationship with God, a covenant relationship with God does not mean that we will not go through anything in life, any bad circumstances, any hard circumstances, any difficult circumstances or anything like that. That does not mean that. Now, the Bible said that there was a man in the land of Uts or Uz as the uh, or us as the uh, King James puts it. His name was Eov or Job. This man, the Bible says, was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Job was a man, but yet he was blameless and upright and feared God and shunned evil. Now, this was before Jesus came and died. And this was before the Holy Spirit was given the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. This was before that happened. So my thing is, if Job or since Job was blameless and upright and a man that feared God looked like we ought to be able to be all of that and more since we do have Yeshua or Jesus that died on the cross. And since we do have the Holy Spirit and many of us are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, looks like we ought to be a whole lot further along than what Job or Job or John or Mark or Luke or Jeremiah, I'm sorry, or, or, or Peter or any one of these people were. 
because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So we ought to be further along and able to do even more because Jesus said, uh, because I go to the Father, I will send the Holy Spirit. He said, and these works that I do shall you do and even greater works than these shall you do. Now, God uh, said that uh, God had blessed Job because Job had seven sons and three daughters. Uh, they were born to him. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 pairs of oxen, 500 female donkeys, as well as a great number of servants. So Job had servants, people that was uh, serving him so that what so that he was the wealthiest man in the east so we don't know exactly where Uz or Uts was but it was in the east and it said that Job was the wealthiest man in the east and it says it was the custom of his sons to give banquets each on his set day in his own house and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them after a cycle of banquets Job uh, or Job would send for them to come and to be consecrated. Then he would get up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings for each of them because Job or Job said, my sons might have sinned and blasphemed God in their thoughts. This is, this is what Job or Job did every time. Now that tells me something about him, that Job was a man who parented his children. You see, Job had, man, this guy had so many uh, positive marks about him. Even the Bible starts off with that. It says he was a blameless man. He was an upright man. He was one that feared God. And not only that, but he would bring his children into order and say, look, you come to my house after uh, you have done all this banqueting and partying and all this kind of stuff. You come to my house and I'm going to make some sacrifices to the Lord because you may have sinned. So they saw an example in their father of a pious and upright and godly person. Job was not, a, was not living recklessly. Job did not live contrary to God. Job did not live in disobedience to God. Job did not live in any kind of hostile mindset towards God. But it says it happened one day that the sons of God this is Job uh, chapter one, verse six. It happened one day that the sons of God came to serve Adonai. And among them came the adversary, which is Hasatan or Satan, came among the sons of God. And Adonai asked, asked the adversary, he's asking him a question. Where are you coming from? excuse me, the adversary answered Adonai from roaming through the earth, wandering here and there. Adonai asked the adversary, did you notice while you were walking up and down the earth to and fro, did you notice my servant Job or Job that there was, there is no one like him on the earth? Listen at that. There's no one like him on the earth the earth. Do you realize how big the earth is? And even at that time, how many people was on the face of the earth? And God says there is no one that is like him anywhere on the earth. He says a blameless 
an upright man who fears God and shuns evil. And another point, don't, for, don't, don't let it get away from you or slip your mind or evade you that God knows how you're living. If you're living righteous, God knows that you're living righteous. If you're living in fear of God, meaning reverence of God, he knows that. If you're, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, God knows that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and living how you're supposed to be living. Job, the Bible says, God says uh, he's a man that fears God and he shuns evil. Every time evil is in his presence, he gets away from it. He doesn't try to indulge in evil. He doesn't go along with the evil, but he gets away from it. You see, he shuns it. That's what that's what he's talking about. The Bible says the adversary, Satan, answered Adonai, is it for nothing that Eov or Job fears God? And now Satan is trying to tell God that Job has some ulterior motives for the reason why he serves God. You see, it's not because out of true and pure devotion, but he has some ulterior motive. He said, you've put a protective hedge around him, his house and everything he has. You've prospered his works and his livestock are spread out all over the land. Another point, Satan is paying attention to how you live also. And he's paying attention to what God has done in your life. You see, he's paying attention to how you live and he's paying attention to what God has done in your life. Because how did he know that God had put a protective hedge around Job? How did he know that God had blessed the works of his hands? He's watching you He's because he's looking for an opportunity. The devil, listen to me, Satan, Hasatan, Satan, the devil is an opportunist. The Bible said when Jesus had fasted in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, then come the tempter to tempt him. And then at the end of the temptation, it says the angels ministered to him. And it said that Satan left him for that period for a season until a more opportune time. But if you reach, Satan says to God, but if you reach out your hand and touch whatever he has without doubt, he'll curse you to your face. Adonai said to, to the adversary or to Satan, here, everything he has is in your hands, except that you are not to lay a finger on his person, on, on his body, on his spirit, on his soul. You see, the devil just can't do anything that he wants to do. But it reminds me of a passage of scripture in the book of Peter. And I know you've, you've probably read it. And it said that the, that the devil, he, Peter said, be sober, be, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says, then the adversary went out from the presence of Adonai. Then the, then the enemy went out from the presence of Adonai. And, and the Lord told him, that everything he has is in his hands. And he said, do not lay a finger on his person. You see, the devil has to have permission. And I know you probably heard that before. That's nothing new. But the devil has to have permission. And God places limitations upon the devil. You see, now God did not have a board meeting with Job, he or Eov, he did not have a board meeting with him. He did not have a, um, uh, uh, a briefing with him. 
he did not have a pre-attack meeting with Job or Job. The devil, uh, in other words, God didn't come to Job and say, look, Job, Satan wants to tempt you. Satan wants to destroy what you have. Satan wants to do some things to you. And I've told him that he can touch your belongings, but just don't touch your life. You can touch anything else you have, but don't touch your life. God did not do that. And many times God may not do that with us. But the thing is, is that, and we're closing with this remark. The thing is, we've started out and we read at the beginning of the book of Job or Job that Job was a blameless and an upright man and one who feared God and who shunned evil. Job, even if God would have had a meeting with Job, Job could not have done much more than what he had already done or live any different than how he was already living. And so God knew that because God is watching each and every one of us, how we live in, in, in our, the condition of our heart, the condition of our mind, the condition of our spirit. And God knew that Job was ready for the attack. You see, he knew that Job would survive the attack because Job was built out of the right stuff. And the right stuff is right here. We just read what the right stuff is. The right stuff is being blameless. The right stuff is being upright. The right stuff is fearing God. And the right stuff is shunning evil. That's being made out of the right stuff. You see, we can't allow ourselves to have things in our spirit or in our heart or anywhere in our in our being that is not right. Because if we have to fear God, we have to shun evil, we have to do all the right things and live, not just do them, but live that way, be that way. This is how we are. This is what we do. This is who we are. You see, Job did, this was not just things in Job's life. This was who Job was in his person. He was a man who feared God, who shunned evil. It wasn't for any particular reason, but that he loved God, that he wanted to serve God. You see, that's the reason. That's the, that's the only reason. But he had those things about him. And so he was ready for the attack. So there really was no reason for God to, to explain everything to Job. Sometimes God, not, he's not going to explain everything to us. And it may seem like at times that things and circumstances, situations are coming at us out of the blue. But we have to pray for discernment and say, Lord, you know, is this coming at me because of something I've done? Is this coming at me because of something someone else is doing? Or is this coming at me because of what the enemy, because of what Satan is doing? And even with people, sometimes that we started off talking about that sometimes Satan uses people. Amen. So until next time, let us pray and close. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would watch over each and every person. And I pray that you would bless this podcast. I pray, Lord, for those that are dealing with COVID-19, that you would touch them, that you would deliver them, that you would set them free. And Lord, anybody that's dealing with anything, Lord, I pray that you would help them to not just look at the circumstance and say that it's, it's just the way it is or it's just in the cards or it's just, you know, out of the blue and, and all those kind of things but to examine the situation in the light of the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to help them to, 
to, to know what is really going on in that circumstance, in that situation. What is tied to what is tied to them? What is tied to that circumstance that they're going through? And what is motivating that circumstance that they're going through? I pray that you would do that, Lord. Baruch atah Adonai, Elohenu Malek Haolem Ashur, Bakarbanu Makol Hamim, Venetin Lanu Et Toroto, Baruch atah Adonai Neten Hat Torah. Amen. So if you want to uh, communicate with me, it's Rev Kev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. That's Rev Kev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless you.